Thank you for joining us for Sound Reasoning with Christian apologist and minister Perseus Poku of Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's program will educate, train, and empower you to defend your Christian faith with confidence. Perseus has his bachelor's in history and a master's degree in apologetics. We hope you enjoy this time of equipping so that you can answer questions to defend your Christian faith effectively. Now here's Perseus Poku on Sound Reasoning. Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Perseus Poku. Titus 1 and 9 reminds us that we must hold firmly to the trustworthy message as, as it has been taught so that he can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who opposes it. So again, in Titus 1 and 9, we are reminded as Christians to hold firmly to the trustworthy message as it has been taught so that he, the Christian, or she, can encourage others by sound doctrine and refuse those who opposes it. And that word, uh, sound, uh, who gaze in the Greek means healthy. It is the same word often used in the New Testament to describe uh, amending by Christ himself uh, when he healed someone. Um, that word who gaze is often used. So in a sense, sound doctrine is healthy doctrine, doctrine that mends people, a doctrine that sets things back in place, something, uh, a doctrine that restores, doctrine that makes you complete. So there is a difference between a healthy doctrine versus an unhealthy doctrine, a doctrine that's perverted, as Paul talks about in Galatians first, uh, first chapter, uh, this unhealthy doctrine of scripture twisting and unhealthy doctrine um, presenting a perverse view of God, presenting a false view, a false view of Jesus Christ presenting a false view of the Holy Spirit. This is why, uh, Jesus said himself that, uh, there'll be those that come to say, did I, did I not heal in your name? Did I not prophesy in your name? Uh, did I not, uh, teach or preach in your name? But Jesus says those individuals, he's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. So even though people use the correct church jargon doesn't necessarily mean that they have the correct doctrinal view concerning the words that they're using. So you can have a discussion, for an example, uh, with uh, uh, somebody from the cult and you use the word Jesus. And we know Jesus as being uh, divine as Christians, Jesus being uh, equal to the Father. But when the Jehovah Witnesses use the term Jesus, they use the same name, but in their view, Jesus is a lesser God. Jesus was created by God, and that's a heretical view. So we need to make sure as Christians that we understand why we believe what we believe. We need to understand the doctrines concerning Salvation. We need to understand the doctrines concerning God. 
we need to understand the doctrine concerning the Bible. Because if we are not able to articulate the truth, then uh, we'll be led astray, number one. Number two, uh, our families will be impacted because we are teaching and discipling them in something that we don't know about. So as Christians, we can't just say, I'm saved and I'm just uh, live my own life and uh, when I get to heaven, I'll meet Jesus. There's more to it. Once we get saved, God expects uh, Christian conduct. God expects us to go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptized in the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever he's commanded us. And then he gives us this assurance. He says, lo, I'm with you always, Matthew 28, 19 through 20. So it's important as Christians that we fully understand why we believe what we believe and to know what we believe. So in this episode, I wanted to talk about uh, Christian doctrines. Wanted to talk about Christian doctrines. Uh, If you go on our website, srministries.org, there's a link that deals with um, classes that uh, we've done on uh, essentials of the Christian faith. And today's topic is an extension of that. Uh, Christian doctrines, uh, it's incorporating to the essentials of the Christian faith. So let's first start off with the doctrine of salvation, right? What does it mean to be saved? And I always say the question that we need to ask ourselves individually is, um, if we say we're saved, from what to what is the question we need to ask ourselves. What have you been saved from and what have you been saved to? If God saved you uh, or delivered you, what has changed? What did he save you from? What did he save you to? He saved, for an example, he saved, uh, he saved me from, uh, forgiveness. And now he saved me to forgiven. Or you may say he saved you from, um, being a gossiper. Well, now he saved you to being a friend that can hold, uh, people's private matters in confidence. He saved you, uh, from being this way to being what you need, what you need to be. And we find it, uh, even in the scriptures where the apostles, uh, had a before and after, right? Uh, Peter used to be a bigot, but after Jesus saved him, he realized that salvation was for all humanity, not just for the Jews. So we need to make sure that we can answer that question. We can testify and share with others. Once we say we're saved, what have we been saved from and what have we been saved to? So the doctrine of salvation. Uh, the question is, salvation uh, is basically what Paul talks about in Ephesians 2, 8, 9. Uh, For by grace are ye saved, not of works, lest any man should boast. Uh, it's a gift of God, lest any man should boast. So uh, we are saved by God's grace, right? We, we, we confess with our mouth, believe in our heart uh, that God sent Jesus to die for our sins. And if we believe that sincerely, if we believe that authentically, then God seals us into the day of redemption. 
that if thou confess with your, with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God raised him from, day, from the dead, thou shalt be saved, Romans 10 and 9. We can't add anything to it. Some people want to add things to it. Well, if you don't get baptized, then you're not saved. If you don't use the Trinitarian formula, you're not saved. That's eisegesis. That's people adding to what God has already put in Scripture. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Anything else is eisegesis, meaning that we're putting into Scripture what's not there. Now, I will say this. Only God knows, even if you tell me that you've done that, only God knows um, perfectly if you belong to him. Sometimes people... Uh, share with us with their mouth, but their heart isn't a part of it. So only God knows. He, he's the one that separates the wheat from the chaff. So I can only take your word for it. But then I should see some signs. Christians do not work to get saved. We are already saved uh, through faith by God's grace. We are already saved. But if you are a Christian, there should be some evidence if you are a Christian, there should be an extension of what you profess to believe or who you profess to follow. Is Jesus Lord? Is he your shepherd? If Jesus uh, has saved you and you're a part of God's family, some work need to follow that. Again, we don't work to get saved. We are saved through faith. We're saved uh, through our belief in the resurrection, I believe in Jesus Christ as Lord. We're saved through that. But if you are saved, there should be some work that follows your profession. And this is why we also see uh, in the book of Romans um, that with the mouth, the heart is, is made, a confession is made unto salvation. So it's important that our works follow our profession. Then the question is, by which method can a person attain salvation? And I just mentioned that. Salvation can be attained by grace through faith. Salvation can be attained by grace through faith. That's the requirement. Then through whom can salvation be attained? Salvation can only be attained through Jesus Christ. I realize we're living in a pluralistic society, and I realize that there are so many options out there. People talk about getting to heaven uh, through uh, many ways and and through many types of people. Uh, They are offering different types of salvation methods. But let me be clear. Uh, Jesus was as clear as we can be in John 14 and 6. Jesus himself stated that if you want to see the Father, you have to come by the Son. And we can't change that. That's the criteria. If you if you want to get to heaven, you have to accept Jesus Christ. There's no other way under heaven by which man or woman can be saved. So if a person wants to be saved, if a person wants to get to heaven, they must accept Jesus Christ. Then they must accept the authentic Jesus Christ. Not just a Jesus Christ. We have to accept the authentic Jesus Christ, uh, the 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 Jesus who is who is God the Son, the Jesus who is 
the monogenous that John 3.16 talks about, the unique uh, son of God, uh, that Jesus, and that matters to God. God doesn't deal with falsehood. So just because an individual may have good intentions, that, that's not enough. We must teach others that uh, truth matters to God. And how we portray Jesus and how we accept the Jesus of the Bible is important to God. So just because I say Jesus and I come from a Islamic faith doesn't mean that I can uh, get into heaven with God. We must accept the authentic Jesus uh, and the Jesus that the uh, Bible portrays, not the Jesus that we fabricate. Um, if you go back to the foot of Mount Sinai and the creation of the golden calf, God did not accept their good intentions. Why? Because God is the God of truth. And he doesn't share his glory with no one else. So when we paint a different picture of Jesus other than what we've already been taught, Paul says in Galatians, the first chapter, let them be accursed. So if we're going to offer Jesus to uh, or share the gospel with someone, we have to make sure that the Jesus that we portray is the Jesus that's found in scriptures. We're not sharing uh, or we shouldn't share a portrayal of Jesus that's inconsistent with scripture. And uh, I hear this on many TV shows and uh, some radio stations. Uh, and a lot of these um, televangelists and a lot of these authors, in a sense, are misleading God's people. We offer this sugar daddy, Jesus. Uh, we, we offer this this cosmic bellhopper uh, type of God. And that's not what the script teaches. Uh, we're, 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 we're preaching and teaching. And again, I'm talking about some of these televangelists and some of these uh, theologians and some of these authors. They are presenting a Jesus that's not realistic. Oftentimes when you hear modern sermons, uh, people refuse to talk about the truth of the, uh, of the Bible. They are presenting this falsehood, this narrative that if you accept Jesus, then all of your problems will go away. If you accept Jesus, then you'll never be sick. If you accept Jesus, then you'll never have to worry. If you accept Jesus, then you'll come into all of this money, this prosperity type of teaching. So we need to make sure that we stand up against these type of heresies. So again, through whom can salvation be attained? Through Jesus Christ alone not through uh, Muhammad of Islam, not through Joseph Smith of Mormonism, not through Buddhism, not through Confucianism, not through scientism, not through any other means, but by the blood of Jesus Christ. So again, salvation is an important topic that we all need to get our hands around. Romans 10, 9 as I quoted before, it says that thou, if, thou, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believing in your heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And that's really the criteria for salvation. And then Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, for by grace are you saved through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. So that is the criteria. Uh, we are saved by grace through faith. 
We don't work to get saved, but we work because we are saved. So those are the parameters of salvation. As we continue our discussion on Christian doctrine, I want to pose these questions and you can test yourself to see uh, if you have a good grasp of Christian doctrines. Um, Which term, and this is something I composed a few years ago, which term uh, least captures the passage in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9? Are you saved by grace through faith or, or B, salvation is the gift of God, or C, saved by grace through boasting in the Lord? Which term least captures the passage? And is C, uh, saved by grace through boasting in the Lord. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 does not give us a license um, to, to boast. Uh, we are saved by grace through faith. And it is salvation. It says salvation is a gift of God. It says nothing about uh, boasting through, uh, boasting, boasting in the Lord. So we just want to make sure that as we read passages, we're careful not to add anything to a passage. Then not only as Christians should we know, should we know, um, doctrines dealing with salvation. We should also be privy to doctrines dealing with the Bible. Uh, there's all types of attacks on the Bible. Um, there are attacks on the New Testament uh, saying that, uh, New Testament is corrupt. Uh, even in the Old Testament, uh, some argue that Moses is not the author of the Pentateuch. So we as Christians, we have to be ready to give each man or woman an answer, a reason for the hope that lies within us. Then a few years ago, uh, movies such as The Da Vinci Code by Dan Brown, um, talked about the Bible and, and portrayed the scriptures from a historical perspective, but perverted some of the things that was said about Jesus and, and Mary. So we as Christians, we are the defender of the faith. We are the apologists for, uh, the Bible. And by apologists, I don't mean apologize, and I mean it in the Greek term, that we are uh, defenders. We are the ones that give uh, a reasonable answer for what the Bible espouses. So when it comes to the Bible, we must have a sound and healthy grip on what the Bible say versus what the Bible does not say. So what does the word inerrant mean? I-N-E-R-R-A-N-T. I-N-E-R-R-A-N-T. You might have heard this word uh, from the pulpit. You might have heard this word uh, from other people. You might have read it somewhere in your Bible commentary. Inerrant. That word means free from error. Free from error. The word of God is free from error. Uh, we believe we have um, God's message 100%. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that some of the manuscripts... Um, don't uh, have um, slight variations to it, but we are confident and we have 100% of God's word. So if you follow the Bible, uh, you'll be able to fulfill God's destiny for your life. So the word inerrant uh, means free from error. Then the next question is, do you know what the term testament means, right? Old Testament. New Testament. Well, that word testament means covenant. 
It means covenant. Uh, it signifies God establishing a contract with humanity. God's provisional plan. It can be found in the two testaments of the Bible, the old as well as the new. The word testament means covenant or contract. So that, that's an important note. Uh, the word covenant, uh, or testament rather, means covenant or contract. Then we must know that the Bible was written in three languages. This is important because um, when you transfer uh, languages and you go from the original language to the receiving language, you'll always lose something in the uh, transmission. You can't go from one language to another language uh, at 100%. Any linguist would tell you that. Um, there are certain things within a culture and a language that can't be captured fully when you use the receptor language to try to describe the original language. So this is why it's important when you're doing your Bible study that you have some type of uh, at least a concordance um, to, that you may go to the original source and to see how that word is being used. Uh, and many ministers do that uh, where they're able to unpack the verbiage or the words being used uh, to share with the congregation. So it's good to do a word study. It's good to do cross-references. It's good to uh, look at the original language. So for the Bible, the original languages are Hebrew, Aramaic, as well as Greek. Hebrew, Aramaic, as well as Greek. And um, some of the Aramaic passages, for those that are interested, are passages such as Genesis uh, 31, verse 47, uh, Jeremiah 10 and 11, uh, Ezra 4, 8 through 16, etc. So those are the Aramaic passages. Uh, the rest of Scripture is in Hebrew, and then the New Testament, uh, we have the Greek as well. Now, some of us have heard of the word inspiration. We said the Bible is inspired, and it is. Uh, do you know what that word means when we said the uh, the Bible is inspired, or we use the word inspiration. It simply means that the Bible is God breathed. God uh, inspired the authors to uh, write the scriptures. God uh, breathed on Moses. God uh, breathed on the uh, New Testament writers, Peter and Paul and John, to uh, write what they wrote. So God is the author. He used human hands to capture it, but God is the author. And the Bible has everything that we need to function successfully in this life. Well, our time has quickly come to a close. We'll continue uh, Christian doctrines on our next episode. And we thank you for your diligence. We thank you all for your prayers. Continue to do for the truth what so many do for a lie. And as always... Uh, Sound Reasoning Radio Show is supported by listeners such as yourselves. If you have not become a monthly supporter, please consider it. Uh, go online to srministries.org and you will see uh, options to give. Again, we thank you all 
uh, for your presence. We thank you all for what you do at your local church. Continue to lift Jesus up higher. Amen. Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time. And remember, Titus 1.9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy message as has been taught so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org. Hi, I'm Beckett Cook, host of The Beckett Cook Show. I lived as a gay man in Hollywood for many, many years until I had a radical encounter with Jesus 13 years ago. Since then, I've gotten my master's degree in seminary and published a book called A Change of Affection. On my podcast, The Beckett Cook Show, I sit down with fascinating Christian scholars and thinkers to address the lies of the culture and bring the biblical truth to bear on those lies. To start listening now, go to lifeaudio.com or search for The Becca Cook Show on your favorite podcasting platform.